We're looking forward to these times of fellowship. So if you have your, uh, if you want to read tonight, you're sure welcome to do so. We're going to be in Psalms 41. Psalms 41. So if you'd like to do that tonight, you sure can line up and uh, we can do it together. We'd like to invite y'all to our, our Christmas party on the 17th. So y'all sure welcome to do that. We can talk more about it later. And the 25th is our Christmas dinner here at the church. So it's on the back. It's in the bulletin if you want to get one of those. All right, Sister Mary, you want to start us out? Uh, looks like there's going to be uh, 41 is 13 and 11 is 24. So that'll be eight apiece. Okay. Don't you read the first eight, Sister Mary. Okay. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth. And now will not deliver him until the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou wilt make all his, thou wilt make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart is gathereth iniquity to himself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Thank you, sister. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Psalms 42. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been mine meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Thank you, sir. <clears throat> when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieteth in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites, and from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, 
Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Amen. All right, turn to your Bibles tonight. We're preaching out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We, we began this message some weeks ago, and uh, we've been working through it here tonight. We want to complete it, uh, kind of made some changes on it, but uh, we begin reading in verse 16, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. I want to preach tonight, what will it take to be ready? What will it take to be ready? Here in verse 16, it says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We do thank you tonight, Lord, for the reading of your word. We thank you for the songs that we're able to sing, the fellowship we have with Jesus already this evening and God with your people. I pray, Lord, you open our ears and our hearts tonight. God, you bring us to that place this morning, this evening, dear God, that we can understand you better, that we may know you, God, more clear. God, that our lives will be changed and God, that you do a work within our hearts and our souls. God, we don't want to just come to church tonight just because we want to come. God, we don't want to do what we do just because we know it's the right thing to do. God, we want to do, dear God, tonight what you want us to do. We want to be in thy will, Lord. We want to be doing exactly what you may order us to do. God, lead us tonight. Anoint us with your spirit. God, I pray that you give us ears to hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So in verse 23 is the verse that, uh, is that we need to be ready for. And that is tonight, the Bible says, under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming. And he, we don't know when he's coming, but I promise you he's coming. And tonight, there's a way to be ready for his coming. And I would pray tonight that, that we would understand what will it take for us to be ready under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, number one tonight, there's some things that you can do. And it begins in verse 16 on what we can do. And he gives us seven things, and we preached on this some of these already, but uh, tonight, seven things that we can do. And then in verse 23, he says, and, so he's adjoining those seven things that we can do, and the very God of peace, he says, sanctify you holy. And then it brings us to the place, friend, where we will be ready unto the coming of the Lord. But there's seven things that which he mentions here tonight that's going to have to be part of who you are and in your life. Number one, tonight is rejoice evermore. And we talked about, about memorizing these scriptures, right? Last time, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, do we got it memorized? Rejoice evermore. If you can't get that tonight, something's bad wrong. And so tonight, rejoice evermore. You've already remembered a verse, verse 16. In that verse... What he's saying to us tonight is this, that word rejoice, it means gladness, it means joy, and it means delight. And what he's saying to us tonight in our first step 
unto being ready unto the coming of the Lord is that we're going to have to be a people that's always glad, always have gladness in our lives. Tonight, no matter what you face, you have to find gladness within that situation. Whatever people bring your way, it may be in a negative tone. It may be something tonight that may is not favorable toward you. But yet, at the same time, tonight we're asked, as the Word of God, is to rejoice evermore, and that is to find gladness or to be glad about it. And tonight, that is something the church needs to stand out from the rest of the people. We get caught up in the situation. We get caught up in the conversations. We get caught up in the things about how everything is bad. Everything is evil. Everything is wrong. Everything's going haywire. All the world's going to hell. Everything is just going down tonight. And you and I are going to have to be a people tonight to say, wait a minute, and find some gladness in where we are today. You know, you say, well, if somebody says to you, boy, the Lord is coming, look at the world, boy, it's just down today, inflation is down, all the stupidity in our politics, and, and how, how we never had such a, a ridiculous type of president we've ever had in entire life, and this, that, and the other, and how all the things are, are just not as it used to be uh, since COVID. It seems like it's changed, and it's changed forever. Yeah, but you can say this, amen, that God's still on the throne. Amen. See, find some gladness in it. Yeah, but we're still breathing. The Bible says, well, there's breath, there's hope. Amen. Amen. We can say, listen, we're getting closer to the, to the return of the Lord. As bad as it gets, as evil it comes, you just know this. Jesus is coming, amen, and it's getting closer by those things. So we got to find gladness in everything that goes on in our lives. Whenever children come up, whenever you that are spouses, you that are business owners or just workers, and it all seems to go haywire, tonight we've got to find gladness in it. And that's what we need to do, amen. We don't need to lie. I was with a new salesman th this week and kind of training and teaching him at work. And, and uh, he, he said, well, every time I go in some place, I always say, you know, boy, that's a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful deer head. That's a beautiful fish. That's a beautiful car. That's a beautiful. I said, no matter if it's beautiful or not, you just tell them it's beautiful? He said, well, yeah. You know, that's how you get it started. I said, you're starting off wrong. I mean, you're just lying about that, Amen. I mean, you can find something good about it, but don't lie. And I'm talking tonight to find some gladness in it, but don't lie about it. Amen. Don't make up uh, something that's not true. We find, secondly, that always give joy. Always give joy. Rejoice evermore means always give joy. And not only make always give joy, but offer joy. Present joy. Take something tonight and take some joy and bring in it. Make sure that when you leave, make sure when you get done, make sure when your conversation's over, make sure you, when your time together is through that they, you leave with a joy. Now, can you just imagine tonight if God's people would be rejoicing evermore instead of being part of the crowd that's kind of like throwing water on people who are full of fire or coming around and you're down and you're negative and, and you're always bringing the critical uh, trouble and you're always the one who's complaining, always murmuring, always got something bad to say, something evil to say. Stop! Rejoice evermore. Amen. And you know what God is saying to us tonight? These are things that we really can do. And then thirdly, we, uh, it says always be cheerful. Be cheerful with a gesture. Be cheerful with a smile. Be cheerful with just maybe a pat on the back, maybe a, maybe a word, uh, how you doing, uh, you know, you're looking nice today, you know, you look cheerful today, thank you, please, you're welcome. 
See, all these kind of things tonight will bring a delight and cheerfulness in life. And that's what we need to do. The Bible says rejoice evermore. Number two, verse 17. You probably can memorize this one too. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. We got it, man. We are smart. So what does that mean, though? Well, that means tonight that to pray without ceasing, let me say what it don't mean. It don't mean everybody in this room need to quit your job and go home and find your, find your altar at the house and where you do your devotions at, and you're going to stay there 24-7 and never get up, never go. You're going to die at the altar because it says pray without ceasing, so I can't leave my prayer. We don't, that's not what it means. It don't mean tonight that you and I have to shut our eyes and bow our heads and, and everything that we do and so that we get nothing done. But I'll tell you what it does mean, though. It means tonight that praying is being dependent upon God at all times. See, to pray without ceasing, meaning to depend upon Him in every situation. Because that's what prayer is tonight, isn't it? Isn't it tonight, whenever you're making requests, you're depending upon God? Tonight, God's saying whether you're making requests to me or not, but with your heart tonight, just depend upon me, on me at all times. That's praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing means tonight to desire of God at all times. Isn't it when you pray, you're desiring God of something? You're desiring God to do something, remove something, heal something, give something, take something, and it's a desire of your heart? Well, tonight God is saying, desire me at all times. That's praying without ceasing tonight. I think we can do that. Number three, that word pray without ceasing means to be delightful in God at all times. And that's what prayer is, isn't it? I mean, you pray and you're delightful with God. You're happy with God. You're joyful with God. And God said, just be, just to be delightful with me all the time. No matter where you are, just say, God, you're good. God, you're the wonderful God. You're a great God tonight. Pray without ceasing tonight. I'm talking about seven steps to the ultimate coming of the Lord. Can you do that? Number three, the Bible says, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks tonight. We talked about that word, uh, giving thanks. It means gratitude. Tonight, giving thanks means being grateful. That's being grateful for what you have. Amen? But not only does that word mean being grateful. It goes a little deeper tonight. It means to be appreciated. In other words, be appreciated of what it is. That means be aware. That word thankful there giving thanks it means tonight to the worth and the value of it and so tonight God's asking us in the third step that if you would that you would give thanks in everything tonight in other words you bring value and you bring worth to what you're thankful for 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 example you say am I thankful for my spouse you say yeah I'm thankful for my spouse not because of this that and the other because of the worth that she is or the worth that he is the value that they bring, I'm appreciated of that. Amen? In all things, give thanks unto the Lord. Show value. Amen? Number three, but it doesn't just mean appreciation. It doesn't just mean grateful tonight. It means satisfied. You see, when you become thankful in God's way of thankfulness, you'll become satisfied with who you have. You'll be satisfied and content with what you got. You see, tonight you can't say, I'm thankful for my truck, but I want a new one. That's not, that's not biblical thankfulness. You know, I, I'm really excited about my wife, but I want a new one. 
I'm, I'm really, I'm glad and grateful for what God's given me in the way of a job. But you know what? I just want another one tonight. That's not thankfulness. But thankfulness tonight is not only are you grateful and you appreciate it, but you're just content with it. Amen? So tonight, the third step we talked about, the third, I guess it would be tonight, uh, what God would ask you to do is to, in everything, give thanks. Number four, we talked about verse 19, quench not the spirit, quench not the spirit. This is the fourth step tonight to being ready for the coming unto the Lord. He says, talks about, we talked about the works of the spirit. You see, you can't appreciate not quenching the spirit if you don't know the works of the spirit. We don't talk about the spirit much. Many don't preach about the spirit. We do around here, but but it doesn't even seem to become a subject to anyone. But tonight, can I say a few things about the Spirit? Uh, the Spirit helps us to know things. The Spirit helps us to understand things. The Spirit helps us to be things. The Spirit helps us to have things. The Spirit of God helps us to become things. It helps us to be with things. The Spirit of God tonight helps us to produce things. The Spirit of God helps us to see things. The Spirit of God seals us. The Spirit of God gifts us. The Spirit of God indwells us. The Spirit of God baptizes us. The Spirit of God sanctifies us. The life of a Christian is essential for the Holy Ghost of God to indwell in you, but to fill you. It is the life of the Christian life tonight. The Spirit of God. And when you quench the Spirit of God tonight, you're quenching the fire. You're quenching that word. That word quench means extinguished. You're extinguishing the very power. You're extinguishing the very uh, uh, effort and energy of the enthusiasm that God has given to you. You say, you wonder why churches tonight seem to be dead. What? Quenching the Spirit. And he said, don't quench the Spirit. Amen. Listen, Fred, you, you can't walk with God. Uh, unless the Spirit of God, the Bible says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So why does many people around here or around there walk in the flesh? Because they're not walking in the Spirit. Why are they walking in the Spirit? They quench the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. It's essential tonight. If we're going to be ready for the coming unto the Lord, what can we do? Quench not the Spirit. The warning toward the Spirit, it says, do not quench, do not extinguish, do not put out the fire, don't retract, don't refrain as the power tonight. Uh, how do I do that? Disobeying the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost convicts you of sin tonight, you disobey Him, you quench in the Spirit. When the Holy Ghost of God nudges you and tells you to tell Him about Jesus or, or tells you, hey, to give Him this or uh, to take that over there or whatever the Spirit of God has to do and you say I'm not ready I don't want to I'm embarrassed I don't think that's me you know find somebody else you're quenching the Spirit of God disobeying this him the Spirit of God tonight is quenching it not only disobeying him tonight but disregarding him as if the Spirit of God's not important in our lives he's the third person of the Trinity friend the Bible says without him and dwelling in you you're not of his there's absolutely no way tonight that you and I, he even says in the Scripture, to pray in the Holy Ghost. So we got to come to grips tonight that we can't just disregard the Holy Ghost of God because he said if you do, you're quenching it. Number three, 
Now, he doesn't mean disobey, disregard, but it means to disrespect him. Disrespect the Holy Ghost tonight. And that is tonight where the Holy Ghost of God has told you tonight how to live and where to live and do, do as, you, as you ought to do according to the Scripture. And you just disrespect him and say, I'm not going to listen to what you say. I'm going to live it as I please. Tonight we find trouble there. Number, verse 20, or number 20, verse 20, despise not prophesyings. Now we've already preached all this. That's why I'm kind of going fast tonight. Um, and so that we can move on to where we need to get. But despise not prophesying. The word prophesying is standing for the teaching and preaching of the word of God. That's what prophesying would be tonight in the scripture. And so to, to despise that, you would say to make preachings God's word utterly nothing. You despise the prophesying there. To, it says tonight, despise not the prophesying, meaning tonight to do not, do not set at naught the teaching of God's Word. It also means to not lightly esteem the importance of God's Word. It also means tonight to, no, to take no account of the significance of God's Word than you are despising. It might be something of a thinking tonight what it means to be despising, not prophesying. It's meaning you're thinking that you don't need any instruction that's despising the preaching of God's Word. You're thinking tonight that, that you're wise enough and that I've learned enough and i got enough memorized and i got got enough of stories and I don't have to be under His preaching. I don't have to come under the Holy Ghost of God's preaching any longer. I've kind of got my ducks together. Well, that's despising prophesying there. Uh, thinking tonight that you can neglect it. You can ignore it. You can skip a service. You can just go about your merry way without being under the preaching and teaching and significance and importance of the Word of God. You're despising prophesying. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Bible says it also means that you're thinking that preaching of God's Word is vain and empty and worthless. It also means, lastly, thinking that you don't have to hear God's Word, you don't have to agree with God's Word, and you don't have to apply God's Word. That's despising prophesying that's what it means tonight and the bible tells us tonight despise not prophesying matter of fact proverbs 13 13 says whoso despises the word shall be destroyed and so my we've got to take in count what what it's going to take tonight to be ready and so these are seven things that he has mentioned and we preached again uh this is where we kind of stopped the last time at this two points and so we got two points left Tonight, uh, it would be prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, verse 21. Verse 20 is our last one from last time, but tonight, this is where we begin. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. That is a step tonight to get to, to verse 23 at the coming of the Lord and how you want to be when he comes. Tonight, the process of a Christian tonight, the premises that we are based upon. Listen to this tonight. Romans chapter 3 verse 12 says this, There is none doeth good, no, not one. That's the premise that we're on tonight, right? If anyone said to you, is there any good? You'd say, none good. The Bible says there's none good. You say, well, somebody said that guy's a good fella. He's not. That's a good gal. That's not. That's a good mama. She's not. 
That's a good daddy. He's not, right? Because the Bible said, the Bible said, the Bible said that there's none that doeth good, no, not one. That's the premise tonight on this thought about good. I tell you another one in Luke chapter 18, verse 19, it says, None is good save one that is God. So tonight there's only one that's good. It's God. Another premise is Romans chapter 7, verse 18. There's nothing that dwelleth in me that is good. Nothing in me that dwelleth is good. In other words, tonight I can't say and look to God and say, God, there's something within me that's good because God said there's nothing in you that's good. That's the premise tonight on this thought about good. And we find tonight as we look at that, nothing is good. But we see the proving of a Christian. For it says there in verse 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. So now we're going to prove as a Christian, uh, we're told to test. We're told to test all things, to examine all things. The word prove means test and to examine all things. We are told to discern all things. Everybody and everything tonight, a Christian, is told to prove it. To prove it. Right? That's what we do. We don't take anybody's word. We don't take anybody's fault. We don't take anybody's, uh, what they might say is to be truth. No, we're going to prove it. Prove all things. According to the scripture now. Prove all things. you got to prove yourself tonight. The Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 39, search the Scriptures. So when you got a preacher preaching tonight like me, I'm preaching tonight, don't just say amen. Don't just say, okay, I, I, I see that. But you prove, you test, you examine. You discern, you go home, you search the scriptures, you go line upon line, precept upon precept. You take you take it and rightly divide the word of truth tonight, amen, that you got to get to the preacher, and if it's a teacher tonight or even the churches tonight, you just don't take what the churches say, you don't take what the churches do, you don't take what the church's wisdom is or even their philosophy or ideology tonight. You're going to search the scriptures. That's what the Bible teaches. And so tonight, that's what we require of you. Search the Scriptures. And once you find that the Scriptures that are being preached is of God and of the Word of God, then you're going to say, amen, that's good. But if not, you say, hey, oh me, that's bad. And so tonight, the Bible says search the Scriptures. The Bible says try the spirits. We find that in 1 John 4, 1. Try the spirits. Whether it's an evil spirit, try it, test it. Am I telling the truth tonight? Man, we got to get ready for the coming of the Lord tonight. And so we got to find, prove all things and hold that which is good tonight. And we're going to have to try the spirits. Is it an evil spirit? Is it a man's spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? Try it. Test it. Examine it. Discern it. Amen? You've got to, as a Christian tonight, do these things. This is what God's telling us to do as a Christian. Make sure the proving process is in your life. Make sure tonight the premises of what good is. Because we can, get, we can get caught up in this world where everything's good. We start talking evil good. We start talking good evil. That's going on right now tonight. And so we can't get caught up into that tonight as a church, as a Christian. 
Thirdly, the Bible teaches us not only tonight to try the spirits and search the scriptures, but to examine ourselves. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, prove your own selves. Examine your own selves. And then it says to prove that you're saved. The Bible teaches tonight to test your own heart, to discern your own salvation, to prove your own self that you know God. That's what it teaches tonight. So we find prove all things. We see the possession of a Christian. He says, hold fast. That word hold fast means to seize. It doesn't mean tonight to just come by and gradually take it and, and, and gently uh, move it. It says to seize it. Hold tonight fast that which is good. And it means to withhold that which is good. It means to retain that which was good. So if you have anything good in your life tonight, you've got to retain it. You've got to seize it. You've got to get a hold of it. You're going to have to retain it tonight because that's what the Bible teaches us to do. Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. And so we see tonight in the possessions of a Christian, John 3, this third John 11 says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Romans 12, 9 says, Abhor that which is evil. Cling or cleave unto that which is good. Lastly tonight, and there in verse, verse 22, the last step in order for us to be ready unto the coming of the Lord. What can we do? Well, these, we can do these things. The last one is abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. You know, these one sentences, it seemed. It seemed like these one, like rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove, that, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. It seems like it's all individually given tonight, and it is, but it comes together in seven so that you can be ready under the coming of the Lord tonight. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Tonight, the Bible would teach us that recognizing the forms of evil, we have responsibility tonight to recognize the forms of evil. They all abstain from all appearance. That word appearance there, it means form, fashion, or shape. So you and I have responsibility unto the coming of the Lord tonight uh, that we would abstain from all appearance of evil, and that is that we would recognize uh, the forms of evil, how evil comes in different shades. Evil comes tonight in many shades. Evil comes tonight in various styles. We just can't say that that's evil. We're going to have to understand uh, that it's going to come in different ways, in minor, uh, diverse ways, in shapes and forms and fashions tonight. And you and I got to be wise enough. And we got to be one that was it's a circumspect. And, and we're going to have to be ones tonight to Watch over our family and our children and our spouses tonight. And watch over our church tonight so that we would abstain from all appearances of evil. Uh, that is tonight the forms and shades and fashions of it. No matter what it is tonight. 
We've got to know these things, that evil is just not going to be something uh, that we call evil, and it's always evil, and unless that, that one thing's in our service or in our home or in my marriage or in my parenting, uh, that's evil, everything else is good. No, tonight we can't be that naive. And so he says to abstain from all appearances of evil tonight. Number two, not only to recognize the forms of evil, but to refrain from all evil, the substance of it. The sense of it. The shadow of it. Not to be around it. Not to be part of it. Not to be of it. Not to be in it. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's what abstain means tonight. It doesn't mean be part of your day or, or you can just watch it for a little while. Or Friday nights is okay. You kind of got a window from 8 to 10 that you kind of can just let your hair down and you can just drink what you want, say what you want, watch what you want, do what you want. There's none of that tonight in the Scripture. Abstain from all, A-L-L. I did a study on that one time and it just it meant all. And so all is all of appearances of evil as forms, fashions, and styles of every type of evil. Then remove the evil itself. Abstain from all appearance of evil, that is to remove it. Remove it. Tonight, we as a Christian, we as a church tonight, we that are born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb, that are saved and sanctified, set apart for God, and tonight we have been uh, devoted unto Him, and we have been taken out of this world tonight to be ambassadors of Christ, the light of the world and the salt of the earth tonight. We're going to have to come to a conclusion tonight. We've got to deal with the evil. God said, abstain from all appearances of evil. That, doesn't, that just doesn't say to abstain from just the evil itself, but the appearance of it. And tonight, we've got a job to do because there's a lot of evil out there. We find tonight, what can we do? Be ready under the coming of the Lord. Those seven things we can do. Can we not do that? The, church, the Bible would not tell you to do this if you can't do it. God would never put more on you than you can do. And so for this being said tonight, there shouldn't be anybody in this room who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that would say, I can't do that. Everybody in here ought to say, yes, I can do that. Man, listen, I'm doing that. Or maybe I'm not doing as I ought to do, but I'm going to start doing that. I'm going, I'm, I am going to be more serious and sober-minded about these seven steps unto becoming unto the Lord. Number two, not only tonight what you can do, but I want you to notice tonight what God will do. See, it's always conditional. Salvation's not conditional, it's unconditional. But after salvation, every single thing's conditional. And here's the condition. If you do those seven things, God said in verse 22, he'll do this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, I will pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, body, be preserved, blameless, under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, tonight, there is nobody in this room that can be ready. You can do what God asks you to do. But when it's all said and done, it's what God's going to do. And we find what God's going to do, number one, is God will sanctify you wholly. That word sanctified tonight is to make you absolutely perfect. And the word perfect is not sinless tonight. The word perfect is complete. 
The word perfect tonight is, means the word that you're entire. And so what he's saying to you and I tonight is I am going to make you absolutely uh, perfect in the way that you're going to have any, any slack. You're not going to have any issues. Uh, you're going to be one that is perfectly like I want you to be because I am going to sanctify, set apart your whole soul, your whole body, and your whole spirit. That's everything. Don't you want that tonight? Don't you want God to separate you and dedicate you and make you as perfect as he said he is? But not only does tonight will he sanctify you and set you apart to be that, but he's going to set and sanctify you into a place tonight where you're going to find uh, that he will preserve you blameless. That verse, that verse 23 says, uh, preserved blameless. In other words, God says, you do that? I do this, and I will preserve you, I will hold you, I will keep you, I will guard you, I will take you, and then I will make you blameless. Not me making myself blameless. He will sanctify, and he will be the one that will bring me into a preservation of blameless. So that when Jesus comes tonight, I'm not relying upon my works. I'm not relying upon my will. I'm not relying upon what I do and what I don't do. I rely upon him, amen, and what he's going to do in my life. And he sanctifies me and sets me apart. And I stand before Jesus when Jesus comes. And I am blameless, not because of me, but because of him. That's what I want, don't you? He says, you do these, I'll do this. And we preached on that already, so I know some of y'all, this is redundant. He not only will he preserve you, but he will present you ready. Ephesians chapter, turn this back with me just a little bit. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Uh, what a wonderful verse, but this is kind of my, the thought that he's bringing forth to us. He'll, he'll not only per, uh, sanctify you, make you absolutely perfect, but he'll preserve you, but he'll present you ready. Look there in chapter 5 and verse 25. He says, therefore, as the churches, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to the, himself a, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. What a blessing. That's what he's talking about tonight. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the mind of God. He's not really interested tonight in you living in sin. He's not interested in you tonight tonight to live in this world and, and loving and doing what you do tonight and absent of him. He is interested in that tonight that you obey his word. You live according to his word. And he sanctifies you. He'll preserve you blameless. Under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he comes, he'll present you to himself. As a bride ready for his groom. Revelation chapter 19. Man, what a day that will be. Not that, but God will promise you. Look in verse 24 tonight into our 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Tonight will he preserve you and present you. But he will promise you. Verse 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you 
who also will do it. Tonight, that verse 23 can bring us joy in our hearts because of what God can do. But this right here ought to bring you strength. It ought to bring you to a place that said, Jesus, God, is faithful. Now, see, that's the character of God. God's flawless character is faithful. We find it all through the, the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says the faithful God. We find that is who Jesus is tonight. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful by whom you are called under the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in Revelation 19, 11, that he is that set upon that horse, that white horse, and they called him faithful, capital F, and true. You see, that's the character of God tonight. God can be no less than faithful tonight. In every situation, in every ordeal, and where you are and where you're going tonight, he is faithful. And you can mark it down if you get yourself right with God and you get in line with the Word of God that He is faithful to do exactly what He said He's going to do. And that is to preserve you blameless under the coming of the Lord. Ah, so, what a God. Man, I mean, anybody has any life within themselves would say amen to that, amen? I mean, God's flawless character but then i notice god's doubtless call he says in verse 24 faithful is he that calleth you there's nobody in this room tonight who has been called by god that he that is faithful will not finish what he began now you think well i can just get out of this christian life just like that oh no you can't you say, well, I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going to stop living for God. I'm just going to go back the way I used to be, uh, back, in, back in my cowboy days, back in my, my running days, back in my, and, my, and no, I thought that I was a God's gift to all women and, and I was God's gift to all men and, and I was making and breaking and shaking and baking. I mean, I was living my life up. Everything seemed to be walking and rolling with me, amen. I think I'm going to go back. God said, oh, no, you ain't. I'm faithful. I'm faithful. I am the one that sanctified you. I am the one that's preserving you. I am the one that made you blameless. And under the coming of the Lord, will you be that way? Amen. I mean, hallelujah, glory to God. You can't get out of it if you wanted to. I mean, I, I, get, I get so frustrated and aggravated for all these dumb people who go around saying that you can lose your salvation, or that you can lose what God's done for you. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life tonight. Then when you get saved, you take on the nature of God in First Peter, right? So if you get saved, He gives you the nature, the divine nature, He calls it. So when you sin, you lose that divine nature. You get born again, and so when you, when you sin, you get unborn again. Uh, he gives you a reservation in heaven, so you're saying he removes the reservation. I could go on all night tonight talking about every situation that God does in the lives of us tonight that are saved and born again. And here I'm just saying to you tonight that it is he tonight that we look to and look for, and we say, you, Lord, you're faithful. You're faithful. And whatever you said you will do, you'll do. 
And I can't stop it. And I can't get in the way. And I can't shorten it. And I can't add to it. You see, tonight, none of us tonight bring God's glory up. And none of us bring God's glory down. God has glory and He's the glory tonight. And we do not affect it in any way. Isn't that good? I'm so glad tonight that's the truth. So we find God's doubtless call. When He calls you, there's going to be no wondering. Man, will I be ready? You'll be. There'll be, there'll be not, no worrying. Man, I'll be ready. No, you'll be ready. He'll get you ready. He might, he might have to do a little bit of whipping, a little bit of Hebrews chapter 13, a little bit of chastising, amen, whom he chastises he loves and whom he does not chastise, it's not, he don't love them. So we find tonight you're going to have to get a little belt, little whoopings. He's going to bring out that little rod, you know, that little branch, and he's going to start hitting on them little legs, and, and you're going to be crying a little bit. And, but you know what? He says, you're going to get in the way. You're not going out of the way. You're coming in the way. Uh, I, I, you're not going to go back like a dog in its vomit and like a hog back in its mire. Uh-uh. That not happened with me. Because, see, when I sanctified you and you're blameless and I preserved you tonight until the coming of the Lord, uh, that is exactly what I'm doing. I called you and you can't go back. Whew. Man, that made me want to get saved again. Number three, I'm early. God's faith, fadeless commitment. His commitment does not fade. He said, who also will do it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. It's only a page, a couple pages back. Turn with me there. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. God's fadeless commitment. God's doubtless call. God's flawless con uh, character. Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Friend, that's God that said that. And that salvation that he'd begun in you, he said that he'll finish it. Friend, I'm telling you, the Bible says it's a faithless commitment. Uh, that word faithful means commitment tonight. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, you can turn there with me. But the Lord is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil. God cannot lie. God cannot lose. And God cannot lack. So tonight, can I say this with great confidence? If you do that, he'll do this. Amen? And so the points tonight is this. What can we do? That's what we can do. What will he do? That's what he'll do. And then lastly tonight, I want to preach on what we can do. Not only what you can do, that's the first seven. That's what you can do. What can God do? Verse 23 and 24. But lastly tonight, verse 25, what can we do? And this is pivotal, church. This one verse right here, everybody ought to mark it in your Bible. You ought to highlight it. Just don't take a knife and cut it out.
do everything in the world for you tonight to know when you leave out of here, you have memorized 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25. Easy to know, right? Brethren, pray for us. What you can do, those seven. What God will do, faithful to do it. But what can we do? What can we do? Brethren, pray for us. That ought to be the very message out of every person you talk to everywhere. At church, at home, it don't matter when you leave, going home, out of, going to work, dear, dear, dear father, dear husband, it ought to be said to your wife, darling, pray for me. Every time. Every time you leave the church, you ought to say to somebody, listen, pray for me. I'm telling you tonight, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're going to need the prayers. Tonight, are we doing that? Are we thinking we can live just on pray that you might get or prayers that you might think somebody's praying for you? But tonight, we need to pray. A lot of times, if you come up with cancer, you say, pray for me. Sometimes, whenever you get married, you say, pray for me. Sometimes when you get maybe changing jobs, you're in the middle of jobs, you say, pray for me. But tonight, all those uh, don't even come comparison to doing those seven. And God, God's going to do what he, you don't have to pray for that. He's going to do what he's going to do. The praying is for you doing your seven. And then praying for us. That tonight is so needful. What can we do? What can I do for you? You see, because I want you to do those seven, right? And God's going to do what he's going to do because he's faithful. So what is my heart for you? Pray. Pray for us. Pray for me. Let me say three things about this and we'll close tonight. Number one, I want you to notice tonight that what can we do? We can build a prayer base. Every single one of us tonight ought to be building a prayer base. We ought to be calling every friend and family member we know and telling them, pray for me. And as you talk about your family, you should pray for us. You see, many people tonight think that if you ask for prayer, something has to be wrong. Have you noticed that? In prayer meetings, in prayer, tonight we're going to pray. And we're going to ask for prayer requests. The majority of prayer requests, if not 100% of them is, something's wrong. We're not saying to build a prayer base because something's wrong. We're telling to build a prayer base so it don't go wrong. Right? And tonight, that's what we can do. Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Are you building your prayer base? How many people tonight pray for you? How many people do? You know, tonight I was thinking that I know some people who pray for me, and when they pass, who's going to take their place? You thought about that? Does your children pray for you? Have you asked your children to pray for you? I don't care if they're two years old, three years old, five years old, ten years old, eighteen years old, twenty years old, thirty, fifty. Have you asked them? Have you asked your spouse? Pray for me. Have you asked your mom and dad, brother and sister and aunt and uncle and niece and nephew? 
Pray for me. You know, this, this facts, and, or not facts, but this Facebook and Twitter and, and all that kind of stuff, social media out there. You know, it would be good if you'd just use that and say to the whole world, pray for me. That's all you need to say. Not, hey, I'm down here at Jack in the Box. I got me two of those tacos. Oh, they're good old monster tacos. I'm telling you, boy, I got me fries. And boy, I tell you what, those egg rolls down at that, that, that Jack in the Box, it's really good. Their Coke is really good as well. It's burning my throat right here. And I'm here with my friends. I'm with my buddies. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And we're fixing to go over here down to the mall. And, and you're telling everybody your business. Instead of telling everybody your business, won't you tell them to pray for you? Tonight, what we need under the coming of the Lord is for us to build a prayer base. Get people praying for you. Many people. As many as you can. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I mean, get, get them tired of you saying, pray for me. I mean, get them. With the, hey, they say, every time I talk to you, you tell me to pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Keep on praying. Right? Don't stop. So if I build a prayer base, everybody's on that. I'm telling you, it will change our church. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your parenting. It'll change your finances. It'll change your life. It'll turn your world upside down. Get more people praying for you tonight. Call them up. Text them. Do whatever you got to do. Pray for me. And you know what they're going to say? What's wrong? They're going to say, you're going to say, I'm just trying to walk with God. I'm getting ready for the coming of the Lord. I need you to pray for me. Oh, bro, what sin are you in? I'm in no sin. I'm just right with God. And I want to say that away. Right? I mean, we, we think on the other end all the time. What's wrong? You got something wrong with you? Number two, not only build a prayer base. That's what Paul did. Paul built a prayer base. You say, how do you know that? Well, in Romans chapter 15, I'll read that to you. Uh, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He says again in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 18, he tells the church of Ephesus, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit, and watching thereunto into all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. He had no shame. Pray for me. We find he did it again in Colossians chapter 4. In verse 2, he says, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving with, with all praying for also for us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. I can go all night on that. Paul was building a base of prayer. Number two, we can become a prayer partner. Do you have somebody tonight that you can say, that's my prayer partner. That's my go-to. Man, when things are not where they need to go or things were where they need to go, ah, that's my partner right there. Do you have a partner like that? Are you kind of just winging it? You kind of just kind of going and, 
kind of moving on down your road. And if you do get prayer, you get prayer. And nobody really asks you to pray. And this is kind of a sign of what you're really walking with God. Does anybody ever ask you to pray for them? Because if nobody's asking you to pray for them, it may be that there's no confidence in you and your walk with God that they would see that you would be beneficial in praying for them. Right? Right? Some of you wouldn't go to somebody off the street and you don't even know and say, hey, pray for me. Uh, but you're going to go to somebody who maybe stays in, stays in the church, but, uh, you know, they drink, they cuss, they do all this other nonsense. Well, you, you know you're not going to ask them to pray. You're going to go to somebody that you watch that's walking with God, that loves Jesus. When they're singing the songs, they're spelling it out. Whenever they're, they're hearing teaching, they got their Bible open, they're marking it down, they got this book here. Hey, when you talk to them, man, they're just loving and kind and gracious. You're going to say, bless the one I'm going to ask to pray for me because they're walking with God. Tonight, does anybody ask you to pray for them? You need to re-examine yourself. Right? Prayer partner. You must not be a partner. Paul was a partner. Bible all through the scripture, he says, I pray for you. I pray for you. I pray for you. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I pray for you. I pray for you. Partner. Here, lastly tonight, not is to build a prayer base, but to become a prayer partner, but we can begin a prayer chain. A prayer chain. Tonight it ought to be within our church tonight, let's just say this group here, that tonight we got seven steps or seven things that God in His words telling us to do. Right? That's evident tonight. Those are demands. Those are commands tonight. What you heard tonight on those seven was not suggestions. There was not multiple choice in that. It was you do it. Right? Did y'all get that? That was not, it was something God said, you rejoice evermore. You pray without ceasing. You and everything give thanks. You, you, right? That's, so tonight we find that what we need tonight is a prayer chain. And that is you and I are connected in prayer. We are just know that you and I are entwined, that we're praying for each other. Man, when I got something going on, I could call Sister Sophia. Sister Sophia, get Sister Mary. Sister Mary, get the sister um, there. Over here, Brother Keith, and then go to call. I mean, this, it just keeps on rolling, right? Down, down over here to Charles and over here to uh, Lucas. And, and it just, it just uh, it's wild. That's what we need, don't we? Oh, can I say, what will it take? To be ready. These things. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I thank the Lord for you being here tonight. We praise you. Praise the Lord that God's given you privilege to come. Is there any prayer requests tonight? Anybody pray for me? That's that's exactly what we what we wanted to hear, right? Pray for me.
chimes of time ring off the news, another day is through. Someone slipped and fell, was that someone new? You may have longed for added strength, your courage to See you.